Hello, and welcome to another episode of Punk Ass Niche. Join with me, as always, the great Nick Hill. Nick, how you doing? Pretty darn good, Matt. How about yourself? Uh, as usual, I cannot complain. So, Nick, uh, before we really get into anything, I hear you have some interesting stories for us, or a story. I, yeah, it's just one good interesting story for you. So, as you know, actually, I don't think you know because you didn't wish me a happy birthday, but my birthday was just recently on July 12th. Uh, yeah, that's me calling you out on the podcast. But anyway, so... Uh, Wait, it was your birthday? Yeah, it was my birthday. Oh. Yeah. Appreciate that. I didn't say uh, I didn't say uh, happy birthday. I know. In my head, I just I imagined you saying it, so it made me feel a little <laughs> bit better. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so I took a trip for my birthday. Uh, I've always wanted to do a cabin trip for my birthday, get a lot of people, uh, go up to the mountains, hang out, just have some fun. So I did that finally. We went up to Maggie Valley. It was me and about 11 other people. Surprising, I know. I know, like, 11 other people. Are you are you impressed with me, Matt, or no? Well, that's 11 more than I know. That's true. Well, you, you? yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think you know some of them, but I just I don't think they consider you a friend, if we're being brutally honest here. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, I don't take it insultingly. Okay, perfect. Well, moving on to my story here. So, of course, on this trip, uh, there was plenty of alcohol and drinking involved. And there's a buddy there named Andrew Moser. He's a physical specimen. Uh, some call him the eighth wonder of the world. Uh, I call him my best friend, if you're out there listening, Andrew. Um, but anyway, so I'm not sure if you're familiar with cabins, Matt, but most of them uh, have like a very open layout where you can be in a living room. And then there's a loft upstairs where there's usually a couple bunk beds or a futon. Are you familiar with that? Sure, sure. Uh, bunk beds, yes, absolutely. Bunk beds, there you go. Um, it, it all comes full circle. <laughs> As usual. Yes. Um, but anyway, so what he did, because he's such a physical specimen, is that he jumped from the first floor up onto the banister, did a pull-up, grabbed onto the railing, climbed over the railing, and was in the loft. And me being uh, slightly drunk and not wanting to be shown up on my birthday... <laughs> I attempted this as well. Um, for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with me, I'm not a physical specimen. I'm strong. I can eat a lot, but I, I should not have attempted this feat. <laughs> so I jump up, grab the banister, do a pull-up. Um, I'm good for one pull-up about every week, so that was my one pull-up for the week. Pull myself up. I'm about to grab onto the railing. Uh, Andrew's looking over the railing at me, holding his hand down, like, grab my hand, you can make it, Nick. It's like, no, I got to do this on my own. There's people watching. I, I have to do this on my own. I swing the right arm up, <laughs> and I miss. I, my hand misses the railing. It goes Ooh. right like right underneath it in between two poles. So that causes me to <laughs> lose grip of my left arm and fall about 10 to 11 feet onto my back back into the first floor of the building. Oh. Yeah. It, <laughs> um, I'm not hurt. I, I was on the ground for about maybe five seconds. Everybody thought I was hurt, but I was fine. It was, uh, I, I thank the alcohol for her keeping me safe. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like the biggest injury would be to, uh, to your pride at that point, but yeah, my, my, my ego took a big shot. It was, it was tough. Did you, did you not, did you not feel it the next day? Like, where did you just wake up afterwards? You're like, oh, God, what's going on? 
I was a little sore, but I wasn't. It wasn't bad. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. Um, when I first hit, it knocked the wind out of me, and I'm glad I took a poop like an hour and a half before that because if not, when I would have hit the ground, I would have like hit the Damn ground. Her shat my pants and then like shot into the wall like, like a you know like one of those little firecrackers you can put on the ground and light and it shoots off in a direction <laughs> like when you that, fill a, a a coke bottle a diet coke bottle with mentos and then you just throw it on the ground and uh it just projectile just straight you don't know where it's going that was an even better visual so yeah th- exactly like that um but yeah, it was, it was it was a fun time. Andrew said that it looked like that scene from Die Hard at the very end when he pushes the terrorist out the window and it's that like that slow motion action shot of him falling down. That's what it said it looked like for me falling for about 2 seconds. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, you say Die Hard, I kind of picture now nah, granted it didn't sound like he had any uh or he didn't instigate to any degree, but it's I I picture the Lion King where it, like Mufasa gets thrown off the cliff by Scar, but Oh, I even mean, better. Hey, that it, it, it's, I mean, it's up to I don't personal know. preference. Yeah, when I fell, I'm not sure. He may have pushed me off. He may have wanted to be the only one to do that. He he maybe wanted yeah. the only one to climb that, and he didn't want me to make it. I mean, hey, it sounds like everyone was intoxicated. So who actually knows the truth? But nobody knows the truth. But Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, well, th- thankfully, I don't do anything. <laughs> All, all, everything I used to do physically stupid was when I was sober. I, the only thing dumb I do when I uh, drink is talk, but that's literally just it. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I try, even like just basic conversation. I'm in my head. I know what I want to say, but I cannot, for the life of me, formulate what I need to say. And then I just, then you act like you have to not hide it, but you're like, man, I can't let these people know that you're this stupid. Is where I'm at. That I'm stupid, exactly. <laughs> and just the, the alcohol just intensifies my stupidity. But as as well, with everybody, yeah, that's exactly. So uh, now that we've kind of caught up on things, Nick, what do you what do you got for us for the days of the day? So this is the most lackluster day of the day segment I think I've ever put together for this podcast. So I'm sorry to all the listeners, um, if any of them are actually still listening. <laughs> um, sorry, I, mom. Yeah. Sorry, mom and dad. Yeah, my dad stopped listening on the first week. <laughs> <laughs> he was just disappointed. He's like, God, man, my son's upstairs in the closet. God. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately put you up for adoption. So. Yep. <laughs> 24 years old. <laughs> put a Craigslist ad out. <laughs> Never too late. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the days of the day. The, the first day of the day here is milk chocolate day. But j- not too long ago, and I'm pretty sure it was in July, it was chocolate day. So it's like they're really trying to force that down our throats, which I wouldn't mind because I love chocolate. But... It's milk chocolate, though. It's like <laughs> the, the lesser of chocolates. Yeah, pun intended, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, I mean, so are we talking, like, <laughs> milk chocolate as in chocolate milk, or is there a clear difference? Milk oh, chocolate. Like, like oh, there's we're a, talking about in the solidified form. Yeah, okay, the, soli- yeah the, the solidified form of milk chocolate. Like, not dark chocolate, but milk chocolate. See... I feel like that's just a lack of creativity on their part because, I mean, you could stretch it out to every form of chocolate for, like, I feel like three weeks. I mean, I don't know all the forms of chocolate, but that's just yeah. kind of laziness. It is. It, it's superior laziness by these days of the day creators. Uh, I don't come up with them. I just give them to the people. So uh, yeah. I, I guess you want me to move on to the next one here? 
Absolutely. And don't okay. shoot the messenger people if you're hearing this. <laughs> um, so this one I don't even get, but it's System Administrator Appreciation Day. Hey, that's what that's what I am. Oh, that's essentially. Well, I appreciate my job. you. It's like a, it's like an IT IT type job. So system admins. Wow, well, that's wow, wow. So I forget your birthday, and you just forget what I do for a living. I mean, that's okay. That's true. I mean, I guess we're but hey, man. I just. It, I just want to say that I appreciate you, and I think our studio audience uh, would also like to give you a round of applause. So, guys, let's give Matt a round of applause here. <laughs> See, isn't that so nice? We have a studio audience. It's just me and one other guy in this closet. Actually, I don't know how he made that. Yeah, I, I, was how, ask. I don't know how he made it sound like fifty people were clapping. But good job, Jib. All right. <laughs> it, it could be at the the kids at the. The apartment pool behind my house, too, which, if that's the case, they need to seriously reconsider their life choices. Yeah, we probably should. I don't care if so. I don't care. You know, honestly, I don't, I don't care if they're eight years old. They need to get a job. I agree with that. Time. Yeah. Anyways. It's never too early to start Anyways. working life away. <laughs> so, do we have a third day of the day, or is... I have, I have two more days of the day. This one, it's... Okay. <laughs> Brace yourself. We're going to just get ready for okay. it. It's World Hepatitis Day. <laughs> <laughs> why is that a day? <laughs> I don't know. That, why, that, that should not be a day. It's, I mean, I guess to bring like awareness to people, but still, like it should not be on this website because this is supposed to be like happy days of the day. <laughs> I mean, maybe it's like an awareness type. You know, I, I'm, I'm trying to figure this one out, but... There's it generally a I'm, positive connotation with these. Yeah, I mean, I guess, <laughs> yeah. Don't don't celebrate World Hepatitis Day by going and contracting hepatitis. That's not how you do this, guys. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So uh, <laughs> don't go around uh, putting your. You know, I'm just just uh, just don't make any bad decisions. So I'm not even going to elaborate. Uh, if I have to elaborate, you've already you've probably already done it. Let's just be honest. You probably already already kind of messed up in life. So. It's already too late for you. Happy, hepa- happy Hepatitis Day, everyone. <laughs> and, you know, it's funny you mentioned um, making bad decisions. This next one, this next day of the day, also do not partake in this. It's Talk in an Elevator Day. Oh, Stuck in an Elevator Day. No, Talk in an Elevator yep. Day. Like talk, like oh, small talk. talk. Oh, Talk in an Elevator Day. Yeah. You know, but I feel like there, there's a lot... I feel like there's a lot worse you could be doing in an elevator. Like, it, like if you go in an elevator and you just <laughs> fart, like that's kind of not cool. That's true, but still, I I do not like getting into an elevator and having somebody be like, "Yeah, so uh, how's the weather outside?" It's like you just walked in from outside with me. You know what it's like. <laughs> it's this people they they make like this the dumbest small talk in elevators for some reason. And I actually I usually take multiple steps to avoid elevator talk. You know, so if we're going to go off on... on... <laughs> that, one went, that went right over your head. Did you take multiple steps to avoid the elevator? No, no, no. I did it now. I hate you. I, I, I was, I was kind of deafened by the, the laugh track there. <laughs> your studio audience was... Uh, studio was audience. Really, uh, Thanks, guys. I appreciate the yeah, laughter. No, but if we're on the topic of, of uh, small talk, uh, honestly... And you mentioned weather. I mean, why is that the default go-to small talk? 
I don't know if that's a Caucasian thing, but like, uh, why do we just go to, the, you know? Oh, did you see the weather? Of course I did. Yeah, it's the first thing I saw when I, I walked was outside, outside today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's something I've never understood. But. I I wish that at some point in time I would get in an elevator and just have an uplifting conversation with somebody. Yeah, that. Well, I mean, did you get that one? It, it's a slippery. Oh man, yeah. Now I did. So. You, uh, you gotta, you gotta ease into those puns, man. I did. <laughs> nope, I just it's like going late here. Right in there, jackhammer. Just go in there and mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. That's that's great. Okay. So you know, let's uh, let's get to some of our main topics here. Starting with, can I get like a drum roll here, Nick? I, I know you got the soundboard. Yeah, Do sure. We have drum, a drum roll. Yeah, drum roll. Uh, starting now. Okay. Main topic number one: cargo shorts. Uh, so, <laughs> Nick, I know you've you you've been dying to hear about this subject. I mean, you've been telling me all week, uh, Matt. I just want to hear something about cargo shorts. I need, uh, I just need some clarification. You know, I still think they're really cool. I, uh, all right, you didn't say that last part. I I did not say that. I don't think but, but, <laughs> you you totally just threw me under the bus, and I do not appreciate that. <laughs> So, really briefly, uh, just a couple little things. Uh, <laughs> funny enough, they were introduced in the 1940s and used by the U.S. Guess what branch of the military? Air Force. Air Force. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> to access supplies during flights or ammunition when hiding on top of mountains. Now, granted, these weren't shorts. These were the pants. I don't, I've looked up a little bit. Uh, I don't know how they became shorts when this began. I, I'm just going to kind of assume it's an Australian thing. I mean, okay. I, 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 I could absolutely be wrong. I but, mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> Australians probably have a lot of stuff that they need to put into pockets. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I picture Steve Irwin, and I don't know if that's the most up-to-date. Well, clearly it's not the most up-to-date just because circumstantially. Uh, well, we don't have to go into details. Yeah, let's that. not. Anyways. <laughs> Uh, another fact that I'm reading that's granted this is all coming from Huffington Post so I mean you know take it with a grain of salt so it's a still a new source but uh <laughs> they're still widely available but apparently they're a 700 million dollar industry wait so like that... I said great they're a 700 million dollar industry it's time to get into the business <laughs> It is. So, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to start making some signature punk-ass niche uh, cargo shorts. With more pockets than you have stuff to put in. So, that you, your mind's going to be blown. Exactly. I'm talking 15 we're pockets. we're going to put a pocket on the crotch to, to, for those of you who are trying to avoid uh, participating in our hepatitis day of the day. So that, That's called a crocket. That's a, that's a thing? I yeah. thought that was the... So what is what is the pajamas with the the uh, the open flap on the back called? Those that's a uh, those are like long johns or like a onesie or something. Oh, so or, a Crockett, there's an actual there's an actual flap on the front. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you, <laughs> that was convincing. Like I I wasn't gonna refute it. it yeah. Well, I know it, you. You you wouldn't t- you wouldn't do any research to dispute my my statement. So. <laughs> 
That is not true. I put in about five minutes of research, and let me just say I found quite a bit of information. I figured this was a very opinionated article. I mean, what do you think makes cargo shorts? You know, there's a huge stigma behind them, and, and granted, they were kind of cool in the mid 90s but now they're kind of like you know when you picture cargo shorts you're like oh man that's such a dad fashion or man that guy's probably creepy what does he need to be putting in all of those pockets so nick what i mean what's what's your take on that i mean so i agree they were popular in the 90s and i hope that's one of those things that stays in the 90s and doesn't make a comeback um but how often <laughs> do you meet somebody wearing cargo shorts that actually has something in every single one of the pockets available yeah, very rarely, and I, and I highly doubt they're still carrying ammunition. Well, actually, you know what? <laughs> There's a high likelihood that they could be. So that's, that's true. I don't, I don't want to insult any of the uh, hardcore cargo short users because <laughs> you know, I, that could be true to their heritage. I'm not knocking on them completely because I, I understand them from a practical standpoint if you're in a business or a field where you need multiple pockets, but everyday citizens do not need access to upwards of 10 pockets on their <laughs> pants. Uh, it's just, it's overkill. Uh, you need four at max, uh, two on the sides, two on the back. Um, that's, and even then some would say that the left back pocket is not even really a real pocket because I rarely use it. I bet you rarely use it. <laughs> uh, no, no, absolutely not. Yeah. So, so cargo- what, or is, what were you saying? No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, so what do you think are worse, cargo pants or cargo shorts? Because, I mean, granted, cargo shorts are, you know, out of style still, but cargo pants. If you had to, like, if someone was like, listen, had a gun to your head right now, like, you have to pick between the two. Cargo pants. Okay, what was that? Because <laughs> I feel like... It's like anything, like cargo, like just cargo pants. If they're, they're the original thing, I feel like cargo shorts are kind of those, like you know, like the pants that like where you can zip them, and it's like or like they're capris almost. Like cargo shorts are like capris where you're like, what are you trying to do? Like, are you are you hot? Are you cold? What's going on? Like cargo <laughs> pants are like, it's, okay, I get it. This guy needs something with a lot of pockets, but cargo shorts are okay. like, what's going on, bud? Like, what <laughs> do you need shorts with that many pockets? Like, I just so cargo exactly. pants. It's, it's like a halfway commitment. It's like when you it's like when you go to the gym and you see guys in the sweatshirts with the cut off sleeves. It's it's really just not practical in any by any stretch of the imagination. Exactly. It's it's just that it's like making the statement, "Hey, I like my torso and head warm, but I don't need my other ligaments." So. Yeah, I I agree with that. So I. Yeah, I met, and I hope you don't wear cargo shorts anymore. I mean, what I do in the privacy of my home is none of your business. Hey, now. Speaking of home (laughs) and renovations to your home, (laughs) let's talk about Ikea. Nick, uh, a little birdie told me that you have some history facts about Ikea. Uh, Maybe some deep digging on Ikea. (laughs) Oh. uh, the furniture itself. I, I have a plethora of information on IKEA, so whenever uh, you're ready, just board. let me know. I, I, you know what, I was born ready for this. All right. So, thirteen facts about IKEA, Matt. Are you ready right now? I'm absolutely ready. Number one, 
IKEA sells one Billy bookshelf every ten seconds. That's just their standard bookshelf. Wow. Every okay. ten, every right. ten seconds. That's six a minute. I did that math real quick, didn't I? <laughs> That's <laughs> impressive. Mm-hmm. You, you could be the you could be the next uh, feature on the Goodwill Hunting sequel. So. I hope not. But anyway, fact two. <laughs> IKEA products use approximately 1% of the entire world's commercial supply of wood. Wow. That seems like fact, a lot. That that would I mean 1%, I guess. It could be a lot depending on how much wood there actually is. I don't know. For a single company. Okay, fair enough, yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> um fact number 3, IKEA's only particle board supplier, Sweden's Holtzfred processes approximately 30 million pines or 30 million pounds of pine saw dust every day. Oh, that's the power of pine saw. (laughs) 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 Next fact. (laughs) Every year, Ikea delivers 800 million cubic feet of product enough to fill more than 9,000 Olympic sized swimming pools. Wow. Ne- yeah. Um, and 900 swimming pools with Hofsgard. I just made that up, but it sounds like an actual, like, it could I'm be an sure end table is. or something. I wonder uh, if Michael yeah, Phelps so. could race a shark in the swimming pools, though. Probably not. Probably not. Anyway, I mean, next fact. From a, from a practicality <laughs> standpoint. <laughs> 690 million customers visited Ikea in 2012, which is more than double the population of the United States. Wow. I mean, have you had their meatballs, though? Their meatballs are spectacular. Uh, it's weird. It's it shouldn't like it. They're good, and they shouldn't. It's it's just a very weird commodity. Yep. Um, an estimated one in five children in Britain were conceived on an IKEA mattress, with twelve point eight million <laughs> sold in the country since nineteen eighty seven. That does not clarify if they were conceived inside That's... of the store or outside of the store. That's the biggest question. So, did they specifically say bed frames, or are we talking about... Is, did it just say furniture? It said on an Ikea mattress. Oh, on an Ikea mattress. Yeah. You know, that's a, creep, that's a creepy study. I mean, they're just kind of guesstimating at this point, and I hope they didn't really go in-depth with that research. Well, something went in-depth, but probably not that research. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one-tenth of all furniture purchased in Britain comes from Ikea. Wow, okay. Yep. Uh, I, I actually purchased all of, sorry, I cut you. No, you're fine. Go. Off. Go ahead. Uh, all my all my furniture when I wasn't in, in Britain was purchased from IKEA, so. Really? Fun fact. Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> the more you know. <laughs> this will be this will be on the uh, trivia uh, for all for all two of you listeners after. <laughs> 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 um, IKEA's thirty-seven point eight billion in annual revenue is larger than the GDP of Serbia. The rapidly expanding <laughs> company hopes to double sales by twenty twenty. So you have a company that's that is just <laughs> poor Serbia. First off, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah, that's that's insane. I mean, and, and they're just selling furniture too, like it and meatballs. They have a great business model and meatballs. Yeah, I, yeah. that's the real selling point. Um, number nine, IKEA has lowered its prices by an average of two to three percent every year since two thousand, thanks to increased efficiency. So they're always looking out for the the little guy. This is just like stereotypical, like like Sweden and those kind of uh, northern European countries. They're just they're killing it. 
in yeah. all of these departments. So. Always, always better than surprised. everybody else. Okay. Um, number 10, the world's largest Ikea in Stockholm covers 594,000 square feet, bigger than 10 American football fields. Wow. That's absurd. I, I was in Stockholm and I didn't go there. So I, I was missing out. I mean, do you actually visit Stockholm if you don't go to the 594,000 square foot Ikea? Yeah, you're right. And I also, I also didn't get Swedish fish over there, or, or as I think they're referred to, uh, fish in Sweden. <laughs> See, it's really not fair that you have the soundboard. I just want to I just want to point that out to everyone else. I don't have a soundboard, so it's this is one-sided. Just a little bit. <laughs> anyway, we we got three more facts here. So, IKEA uh, is building its own town near London. It will contain shops, schools, theaters, a hotel, and a flat package housing for 6,000 people. Wow. <laughs> you go in and you have to assemble the bed though and just all the furniture every yeah this was not worth it <laughs> just for like assemble your own like flat <laughs> like here's the wood put it together <laughs> yeah 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 you uh, here's your hotel room you're on the sixth floor uh you also have to assemble the stairs good luck <laughs> um have fun <laughs> number 12 there's actually a logic to ikea's crazy product names which are used in place of numbers because founder ingvar Kamprad is dyslexic oh um, is that the founder yep like i said okay. because founder ingvar Kamprad. i said it in the fact <laughs> oh you said founder i thought you said sounder for no. whatever reason i just thought that was his name S- sounder ingvar i wasn't gonna re- I mean, would you refute it? Like, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> Have you heard the name of their furniture? <laughs> Case in point, man. <laughs> Case in Case point. In fair, point. Fair play. Fair play. Um, last fact here: uh, the estimated net worth of IKEA founder, founder with an F, uh, Ingvar Kamprud, <laughs> ranges from three point three billion to fifty three point one billion, depending whether IKEA is counted as owned by him or his foundation. That's wow. a lot of money. Yes, that is that is quite wealthy. Yep, that, so it's crazy. It is, and it, that's it's just a successful build, business model. Just for one that they, they just sell, just stuff for your house, like and it's so simple too. Like none of it's really high tech. It's just little pieces of wood that you screw together, and he, that is an entrepreneur right there. That's the American dream. You're right. Even he's from Sweden. So, so you say it's pieces of wood that you screw together. So. My question is, what, and you've done research on this, what are the toughest pieces of IKEA furniture to put together? Okay, fair, fair enough. So first one here, uh, this, this is going to go uh, in descending order. So the last one I state will be the toughest, of course. Uh, it's just okay. a, a list of seven that they've comprised. This is uh, actually off a website called Perfect Assembly. Uh, they did a study on it. So uh, the Hemnes dresser. It's an eight-drawer dresser. Looks great in a picture, but the picture only assembly instructions. So more than forty steps to get uh, to get it together. Uh, one person required. It's a five-point-five complexity out of ten, and usually takes two-point-five hours to put together. Okay, I- I'm just waiting to see which ones I could possibly have on this list. Okay, so uh, number six is the Brimney storage bed. Uh, offers four large drawers, giving you extra storage space under the bed. Uh, but it's a six six zero out of ten, and the complexity scale people required is one, and it usually takes upwards of three hours to put it together. 
Okay. All right. Uh, I don't have that one. Number five is the Brimney's Daybed. Uh, it's just a smaller version of the Brimney's Bed. It only has two drawers. It's uh, 7.0 out of 10 on the complexity scale. Actually requires two people to put together, and uh, required time is 3.5 hours. Oh, wow. That is way too long. Uh, number four is a... <laughs> It's a bunk bed, so you probably had this one. It's the Stufa loft bed. <laughs> uh, the Stufa loft bed with four drawers and two doors includes a desk, wardrobe, and an open shelf space. <laughs> it's wow. a it's an 8.0 out of 10 complexity. Uh, two people required and 4.5 hours to put it together. Jeez. You know, that's not one, though. I mean, I mean you picked your stepbrothers as a classic example, but that's not one I would want to get wrong. You know, you just hop on the top, top bunk and then... Your sibling is dead, so it's, you know, <laughs> everything collapses. I can't, I mean, uh, Ikea sounds like a happy place, but not always, apparently. Not always, yeah, you're right. And we'll actually, we'll, we'll get into some more happiness and sadness of Ikea after these next three facts, all right? Absolutely. So, number three is the Kav- uh, the Kvartal, it's K-V-A-R-T-A-L track system, uh, Ceiling-mounted curtains get complicated, requiring two people, a drill, ladder, ruler, laser, level, and saw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. Two people required 8.5 complexity out of 10, uh, two hours of estimated time to put that together. You know, I just want to, before you keep going, I just want to say that none of my items are on here, and I was kind of hoping they would be, just kind of as a reassurance that I'm not an idiot, but uh, all signs point to the opposite, so. <laughs> Let's hear the other two. Uh, number two is the Besta wall-mounted unit. Uh, the Besta TV storage unit is huge, uh, taking up a typical wall in a typical room. It includes glass doors, a high-gloss finish, so you, uh, you'd you have <laughs> oh to gosh. treat it with extra special care. It's a 9.0 out of 10, uh, two people required, and four hours of required time to assemble. Wow. All right, let's 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 hear the top one. Number one is the Pox Wardrobe, and the hardest Ikea piece to assemble is the Pox Wardrobe, which comes in a gigantic seven-foot-tall box with more than 150 parts, including sliding doors. This one will take quite a while to assemble, especially with its numerous drawers and pull-out trays. Uh, It's a 9.5 out of 10, two people required to put it together, and upwards of four hours to assemble. So they made the 9.5 out of 10. I wonder, you know, in the future, if they're just leaving some room for a 10. Yeah, I mean, they're leaving the door open for more. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know if if that was an attempted one, but, like, they could just, the next step could be, like, the Ikea house. (laughs) The Ikea house. The Ikea car. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but you can actually... So you could actually ship IKEA furniture like to your house and it, I mean obviously you have to pay extra for that but you also can pay extra to have them assemble it for you which I mean does it kind of defeat the purpose eh, maybe but you know try does to it, does it add 5 years back to your life yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah from all the stress and anxiety that assembling assembling the best that causes you know you never know i guess you know and actually i I went to ikea the other day um i was looking for some bedroom furniture and now they just they keep calling me asking me to come back and i have no real way to just tell them that i wanted one night stand (laughs) (laughs) thank you studio audience thank you so much for laughing at that one (laughs) 
Thank you um, for all gathering in my closet. Yes, all 50 of you. It's very hot in here. Steamy. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 you know, speaking of kind of the anxiety and the, uh, you know, depressions, the ups and downs that IKEA furniture may cause, um, Nick, yeah, I think you have some information on IKEA and how it could potentially lead to breakups. Yeah, and does it's not shocking uh i actually kind of assumed that if i ever take uh took my girlfriend to ikea we'd probably break up instantly uh, as many people do <laughs> um much like the furniture when you uh assemble it incorrectly so i guess it's all just kind of a thank you you're hey. welcome wow <laughs> Glad the audience is finally adapting to. Yeah, they they really got jokes. used to you. They they're warming up to you now. Um, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but you're right. A lot of people, when they go to IKEA, uh, it's usually during a time of s- some other big event. So somebody's moving in with another person. They have to buy more furniture. Sure. You're actually moving houses. You have to buy furniture to move into a new home. Um, you may be getting married sometime soon, and you're moving in. There's always going to be when you're going, there's something else going on usually when you're having to buy furniture uh, in a couple status usually. Um, and what this the study that I found um, is an actual relationship psychiatrist. Uh, psychi- well, as you would say, is a s- s- psychiatrist, but it's a psychiatrist. I can't even say it right now because I'm thinking about how you <laughs> messed it up recently. <laughs> wow. Uh, psychologist call, comes back full circle doesn't it yep it does anyway a psychologist <laughs> <laughs> on the internet um did this study and he he found that usually when couples when they go to ikea the way that ikea is set up you have to walk through the pretty much the whole store yeah. to, to get where you want to go and exactly. he said that the biggest points of contention when couples go are in the children's area and the kitchen <laughs> And he, wow. he's yeah, he said it's because when they go through the kitchen and now going back to it's very sexist, <laughs> but the who, who makes the food is usually an argument that happens. And I think in the 21st century, that doesn't usually happen that much anymore. But apparently these couples, if they're already fighting about that and then Ikea is the breaking point, it probably wasn't going to last anyway. <laughs> yeah, you, you, honestly, you're probably right. And my thing is, you know, the best case, and hear me out before I finish everyone who's listening, the two of you, the best case <laughs> for men not cooking, like myself, is the fact that I cannot cook. And talking to women is hard. <laughs> that's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but I'm terrible. Yeah, but that's a, I mean, that's kind of a strange place for you know the the breaking point i, I kind of get the kid thing i could see where that would be a legitimate you know kind of like oh you know i'm right. like oh i don't want a kid that, that would make sense but yeah it's like you're saying kind of in the 21st century it's at, at a point where it's like oh yeah these pads would be look good for when you're cooking in the kitchen like i, I don't really know a whole <laughs> lot of people who are still like that i'm sure they're out there but you know yeah uh, that's true, and but so there's also the fact of when they're trying to choose something to buy, how two different personalities may want two different types of things, um, which that makes sense. Okay. Um, there's also so you have the the in store part of it, but there's also the at home part where you're putting together an object <laughs> from IKEA, which is probably the most stressful part of the whole thing, where you two people are trying to put together an object that wasn't made to go together. Uh, there's a lot of yelling, I'm assuming, that goes on. 
that's uh that's for well, to cut you off that's incredibly <laughs> symbolic you know i mean it's all symbolism man i, I mean maybe ikea is doing this on purpose you know that's true i, I i'm not one to dispute the ikea uh company because what they have a bigger gdp of serbia so whatever they're doing <laughs> it's working <laughs> they're taking over slowly watch, um, watch out guys there is a quote in here, though, of one person that said that they got into an argument <laughs> with their girlfriend when they were trying to put together uh, a bookshelf from Ikea. And he, direct quote, he stated to this lady that his girlfriend, it's like, do you wish your ex-boyfriend okay. was here to put this together? <laughs> what? Yeah, like, how is that? I, you just insult, you roasted yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Do you know that there was just some underlying troubles? I just feel like maybe maybe the IKEA is the breaking point, which is which is weird though, because like if you're getting that far into a relationship where you guys are about to buy furniture together, why is why IKEA? I mean, right. Why like why is that? You know, I mean, I, I understand firsthand that assembling that furniture sometimes can be stressful. That's true, and but, you know, you know, I actually just I uh, read something else here where. Um, we just had the seven seven most difficult pieces to put together. There's one here that they labeled the di- the divorce maker, and it's the Leotorp wall <laughs> unit. <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, hanging anything on the walls is pretty difficult. So if you're if you're married out there and you're going to IKEA, do not get the Leotorp wall ma- uh, wall unit. <laughs> and there's also some helpful information here. It says um, go to IKEA by yourself uh, to prevent any breakups. If you're going with a partner. Uh, choose on what you're going to get before you get there so you can get in and get out. Um, and there's also, it says, oh, go on a full stomach. Uh, so food in your belly will probably make you a little bit happier, which is true. Which if you're hungry when you get there, you can always get meatballs. True. I mean, being hangry and trying to do anything productive is just like incredibly contradicting. It's true. And, you know, and talking about their, their restaurant there, they also opened up another thing. And it's it's a relationship saving station where it's like a part of the store that has like funny hats and masks and stress relief objects that couples can go really? and hang out at. Yeah, so it's a serious thing, and I didn't realize it, but I'm never taking Andrea to uh, IKEA because. <laughs> so it's so this section is actually geared towards like the stress relief that couples go through. Yeah. Like they, you can go to this and uh, like I guess squeeze a stress ball, put on a funny hat. It's a, it says here that nobody can have an argument when you're wearing like a, you know those uh, the glasses with the big nose and a funny hat, which is true. You can't really argue <laughs> because it's just imagine yelling at somebody wearing that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's absolutely ridiculous, but that, that's great. No, I mean that's a good point. I guess. Yeah, I can't argue with that. So. Absolutely. I mean, well, so you got any more facts on IKEA? Or? That's it. Have, know, we, that's... Uh, have we we beat a dead horse with that one? We did beat a dead horse. We did. Uh, so w- I th- with I a think... bet with with a best uh, end table. That's what we beat a dead horse with. <laughs> I... You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Whatever helps you sleep at night. Which. Wow! Look at that coincidence, man. Let's talk about our next. Let's talk about the next topic here: sleeping positions. You know, okay. everyone. Uh, sleeping positions are always unique to the individual. You know, there's different types: sleeping on your back, sleeping, uh, sleeping on your stomach, fetal position, um, crying yourself to sleep, as I like to do. Uh, That's my favorite position so, as well. 
Nick, uh, <laughs> I hear you have some facts about some sleep and maybe maybe what these sleeping positions say about you. I, so yeah, I have I have that, and I also just have some interesting facts here about sleeping. So I'll jump into the facts about sleeping, and then I'll let all our uh, listeners know what the way that they sleep says about them, and actually what the best way to sleep is. All right. All right. So uh, some facts here. Research shows you'll sleep better during during a new moon and worse during a full moon, although the reasons are unclear. Um, <laughs> number two, if it takes you what? less than five wait, minutes wait, to fall wait, asleep, wait, wait, <laughs> wait, cut that! No, 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 no! I was trying yeah, to shoot past that one really quick. <laughs> okay, you know, five, whatever. We'll go on. Just don't question it, listeners. What we say is fact. Yes. Okay. Just listen. Do your own research. <laughs> <laughs> um, if it takes you less than five minutes to fall asleep at night, you're possibly sleep deprived. Ideally, falling asleep should take ten to fifteen minutes. Oh wow! Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah. Uh, number three here. I th- I knew this. You probably knew this. Sea otters hold hands when they sleep so they don't drift <laughs> away from each other. It's kind of like how when me and you sleep. Wait, what? Uh, uh yeah. What? Oh gosh. Next topic. <laughs> we, we, we we need to talk about this in the IKEA safe zone. <laughs> um <laughs> topic four or uh, not topic God, i'm all flustered now um uh <laughs> tiredness peaks twice a day at 2 a.m and 2 p.m that's why you're less alert after lunch so everybody gets into the 2 p.m slumps that absolutely makes sense 2 p.m is like yeah, that's, that's when it hits me too so i'll get the morning caffeine but when the afternoon rolls around it's yeah it's a no-go much productive going on um, number five here, having trouble waking up on Monday mornings is called social jet lag from your altered weekend sleep schedule. So that makes sense. Waking up on the day after the weekend is always the hardest and it's cause you're up later. So that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And your, your sleeping schedule is probably a little bit thrown off. Um, number let's, six, let's face it. Uh, sorry. Let's no, face it. Like nobody on the weekdays, I mean, or excuse me on the weekends, if you're waking up before like eight, there's something wrong with you. You probably like I, pineapple I on your pizza. You probably enjoy pineapple on your pizza. That that you not? Yeah. Good point. <laughs> uh, I agree. Number six here. Uh, never really thought of this, but it's an interesting uh, uh, top or interesting fact. It's uh, we are the only mammals that willingly delay sleep by drinking caffeine, staying up later, mm-hmm. taking different um, substances, and I never really thought of that. That's true. I guess because we're kind of more, com- kind of more complex in the sense of, you know, just jobs, job-wise. Like every job has its own different demands. You know, that's but true. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Never thought about that. Mm. Stress, uh, physical or mental illness, living or sleeping arrangements, family history, shift work, diet, and exercise habits can all cause insomnia. Uh, so that makes sense. I can't really dispute yeah. that. No, um, that would make sense. Ooh, here's a good one. Finding it hard to get out of bed in the morning is a real condition called dysania. It may sing, uh, signal a nutritional deficiency, depression, or other problems. So if you actually have trouble getting out of bed in the morning, then you could probably get a doctor to write a note about that and then always be late to work and it be excused. <laughs> Unless you're the people I supervise. And <laughs> Unless you're the people I supervise and you're listening to this. That's not true. Don't listen to it. Uh, it is true. Uh, good, the government's on your side. 
Um, insomnia is not defined by the sleep you lose each night, but by the drowsiness, difficulty, concentrating, uh, headaches, irritability, and other problems it causes each day. Oh, wow. So... I, even if you don't sleep, you may not be you may not suffer from insomnia. It's just how tired you are the next day, apparently. Huh. Hmm. I didn't um, realize it. And then last fact here, number eleven. Being awake for sixteen hours straight decreases your performance as much as if your blood alcohol level were 005 percent. The legal limit is 008 percent. So if you're tired of spending money on alcohol, stay up for sixteen hours and you'll be buzzed. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be buzzed without any of the fun of a buzz. So <laughs> True. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, those, no, are, I, I, those are some I, facts I about sleeping. One. Yeah, that's a, you know, you learn something new every day. That's what our you podcast know, is for. <laughs> yeah, we're here to educate you, the listener. You know, Nick, I, I hear you have a little bit of uh, I hear you have a new game for us, and we're kind of switching it up here. We're not doing the game in the beginning, and I hear this game is going to be a doozy. It, it is. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not at the game yet, Matt, because I haven't even gotten into the psychology of what your sleeping position is, man. Oh, man, I totally forgot about the psychology of the sleeping position. You know why? Probably because I'm sleep-deprived. Probably. That's, that's a great way to tie that in and just ignore the fact that you're a terrible podcast host. <laughs> 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 Would you say I'm growing tired of your... You're oh, t- gosh. I'm, just, I'm sorry. Hey, you know, just, hey, what do you call a sleeping tissue? I don't know. What do you call it? A uh, napkin? Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Studio audience loves me. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, th- I think you're paying them. So I am paying them. That's fine. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to fire through these real quick. All right, so first I'm going to tell you the best way to sleep, and then I'm going to tell you what your sleeping position says about you, okay? All right. So best sleeping position from best to worst. First one, on your back, uh, which is the best sleeping position, but it's the least popular position of them all. It's good for your head, neck, and spine positioning uh, because you're in a neutral spot. Uh, There's no extra pressure on any of those areas when you're laying in bed. Uh, It's also pretty good for digestion. However, uh, laying on your back does uh, lead to snoring. And I have a theory of laying on your back, why it causes you to snore. And I think it's because that certain objects vapor lock to your butthole and then it, it cuts off air circulation. <laughs> <laughs> but, but wait, if you're laying on your back, what's going to... I, oh, I guess you were talking about like the mattress or like the sheets. <laughs> so so yeah. if, if that theory is correct, guys, you need to be washing your sheets every single night. Maybe more often than that. <laughs> Just to be on the safe side. Uh, preferably every hour on the hour. So don't sleep, <laughs> exactly. wash your sheets all the time. <laughs> because um, they might suction to your butthole. <laughs> uh, the number two best sleep position is on your side. This position where your torso and legs are relatively straight also helps decrease acid reflux. And since your spine is elongated, uh, it wards off back and neck pain. Plus, you're less likely to snore in this position. So nothing is vapor locking to your butthole when you're laying on your side. <laughs> My science is fact, okay? You know, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even going to argue with it because there's nothing saying otherwise. So. There's no studies to disprove it, so it's true, okay? That's how science works. <laughs> now, granted, I don't think you breathe in through your butthole, but I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not a scientist. You, and I, you don't I, know how you breathe I'm when you sleep? I'm not an anatomy major. Yeah, you're right. I 
Absolutely not, because I'm asleep. How would I know? Yeah, nobody knows. It's it's magic. Good point. <laughs> um, also, and this is another thing that I heard that sleeping on your left side actually helps you fart. So if you're out there and you're you're having struggle you're having struggles passing the the gas, um, <laughs> lay on the left side and it should squeeze right out. Actually, Andrew Moser told me that one. So shout outs to Andrew Moser. Moser, um, pretty smart dude. Okay. All right. Uh, number three in the fetal position, uh, 41% of adults choose this option. It's the most popular sleep position. A loose fetal position where you're on your side and your, tos- your torso is hunched and your knees are bent, uh, especially on your left side, is great if you're pregnant. Uh, it improves circulation. Um, however, it can leave you feeling a bit sore in the morning, especially if you have arthritis in certain joints. Um, so that's number three. Um, yeah, and you know, as someone as someone who sleeps in the fetal position and who is currently pregnant, you know, I think it's I think it's great. <laughs> um, oh, and they also say, <laughs> "Congrats, Matt." Studio audience, oh, I think you. we can all thank applaud you. Matt for his uh, defiance of science. So, we we support you, Matt. We all support you. <laughs> this is, so this is this is where you draw the line of the defiance of science. You know, not not sucking <laughs> sucking air through your butthole with me being pregnant. All right, fine. You know, if you want to discriminate, Nick, that's fine. Well, okay, well, I guess I'm, I'm gonna move on before. No, this just gets... whatever the next set. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. To stay on topic here, the fetal position can also cause uh, pain in your hips, and one way to combat that is put a pillow in between your hips, okay? So don't say you haven't learned anything from me, Matt. (laughs) Thank you. Um, On your stomach, while this is good for easing snoring, because, again, the butt isn't being vapor-locked to anything, uh, it's bad for practically everything else. Uh, (laughs) It can lead to back and neck pain. Uh, plus stomach sleepers put pressure on their muscles and joints, possibly leading to numbness, tingling, aches, and irritated nerves. It's uh, best to try and choo- choose another position and not sleep on your stomach. So what would I'd never ask, which way do okay. you sleep? I mean, I'm like I said, fetal position. Fetal position. I mean, I just, okay. Just in case I have to clarify the, the pregnancy thing, it's not real, but I, I do, uh, I do prefer <laughs> the fetal position. I do too. I like sleeping on my side it's, it's more comfortable, I, I believe. It, I mean, absolutely. I have tight hips, so, I mean, but I sleep pretty soundly at night, <laughs> so I'll sacrifice the tight hips for a good night's rest. Um, yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. Um, so now I'm going to tell you what uh, the positions that you sleep say about you, okay? Um, let's see. So sleeping on your stomach uh, says that you, your personality uh, you're often extroverted and brash. Uh, they appear nervy, but are truly thin-skinned people who take criticism personally. Wow! Wow! You know, I I have a theory behind these. Is that you know I, I think it's I think these people are married, and I think it's what their spouse does, and they're just kind of low-key trying to throw some shots, like yeah. Yeah. Take out the trash, Steve, and it's just like, uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Steve you says stomach no. sleeper. <laughs> yeah. 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 I'm going to start tossing that out as an insult. You stomach sleeper. <laughs> yeah. They'll be like, what are you talking about? He's like, yeah, like, look it up. <laughs> um, this one's us, the fetus uh, curled up on your side. Uh, those who sleep in the fetus are described as tough on the outside, but shy and sensitive at heart. They may take time to warm up to people, but soon relax. Uh, so did you, did what position the fetus, the, the sleeping on your side? Did you say fetus fetus? 
Yeah. <laughs> fetal? The fetus. Fetal position? The fetus. It's <laughs> called said. the position is called the fetus, which is also the fetal position. So there's alternatives for it. I mean, cause it's the know, same I, thing. I, what, <laughs> yeah, but I feel like the fetal is like the actual position within the fetus. The I know, but they call the position essentially what houses the baby. I feel okay. Now we're getting into more science, Matt, and I'm not liking it. <laughs> All right, where were, what were you saying? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> um, this one is just sleeping directly on your side with your arms and uh, legs straight. It's also known as Wait, the what log. What kind of weirdo does that? <laughs> Who does? What? It's like sideways planking. Serial killers, people that like pineapple on their pizza, people that hang toilet paper <laughs> upside so down. <laughs> so, yeah. Look, and all right, so this website that I found, the people that they <laughs> photograph doing this, they're scary looking, man. And this guy, they're, they're half looks, robot. They're not. They real. are half robot. No, they're not. <laughs> and it's, but it says that they're social, easygoing people. The downside is no. their tendency to trust anyone, including complete strangers, makes them easy to fool. No, that, no you know, I'm not going to trust know, let you. Me give, <laughs> let me give you their downside. Yeah, yeah, sure, they're easygoing people because they're going to take you home and murder you and put your head in the refrigerator. That's why they're easygoing. <laughs> they're probably squeezing their toothpaste from the very top. That's how they're easygoing. No, I see, I see past that one. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Don't if, right. if anybody if you if you're on a date out there and you somehow make it home on the first date, first off, congratulations. Second of all, <laughs> if they're sleeping on their sides like a log, get the hell out. <laughs> you, Just did move. you know did yeah you know Jeffrey Dahmer slept like uh, slept like that, and that's a fact that I just made up. So, you know, I mean, what can you trust? Just, Can't just trust a log it, sleeper. That's all I'm saying. Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> next position here is called the soldier, and it's just lying on your back. Uh, soldier sleepers are generally quiet and reserved. They don't <laughs> like to make a big deal out of things, and they uh, set very high standards for themselves and others. Um, okay. Next one here is the starfish. This one is laying on your back, but with your arms over your head. <laughs> starfish sleepers are described as great listeners and thus good friends. They're always willing to offer help and generally don't like wow. being in the limelight. Okay. Yeah. I could see like that that in like a hammock. Yeah. I, I, I could see that, mm-hmm. that being true. Those last two being true. Okay. But that that's all I got all right. for sleep positions, Matt. Um I hope I hope uh, our listeners out there were able to walk away feeling like they they learned something that they did not already I hope, know. I hope so too, and I hope that we didn't put them to sleep. I guarantee you, know, you somebody out there listens to our podcast to help them sleep. <laughs> I, I think that's you know that's that's great. You know, you tell, so, at least they're listening at this point. <laughs> so you know what? Let's let's just transition right into this game that I hyped up earlier. Let's get back to it. Okay, because this. I, I have been promised, Nick, by you, that this game is going to be different. It's going to be difficult. Strenuous. It is. Yes. Um, okay. So it's going to cover one of our topics and also something else that just happened a couple weeks ago, the return of Game of Thrones. Of course, uh, do you watch Game of Thrones? I don't. Oh, I, perfect. I, mean, here, I hear it's a great show. I'm not a hater, so. Yeah, it, it is. It's a wonderful show. It just came back for its uh, sixth season, I believe, maybe seventh season. I can't really remember offhand. Uh, but so this okay. game, it's going to involve a name of an Ikea mattress because we were talking about sleeping <laughs> and Ikea. Or oh, man. is it a place in Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings? 
Oh, ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. All right. So I, I'm 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 more it's it's sad because I'm more well versed in the IKEA furniture names, but all right, I'm ready. Let's, well, let's, let's hopefully do you do well. So uh, let's get a little drum roll going here for this. First topic, Matt, or first first offering here is the Meistervic. Uh, that that's IKEA. Correct. Uh, it is an IKEA mattress. Ooh. It provides all-over support and comfort with foam mattresses. It's one hundred forty-nine dollars for a twin, about. or two hundred nineteen dollars for a queen-size mattress. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, next offering here is the Bravos. No, that's IKEA too. Incorrect. Ah. Bravos is one of the largest and most powerful free cities in Westeros, also in Game of Thrones. Uh, the people known are, are the people there are known as Bravosis. So you are currently one Damn. and one. Okay, all right. Next offering here is Weathertop. Uh, do, do you have it spelt out? Yeah, W E A T H E R T O P. That is not IKEA. Correct. That, that is okay, a hill right. in uh, Irador, also in Lord of the Rings. Uh, it's the highest summit of the Weather Hills. Uh, and it's uh, featured in Fellowship of the Rings and The Hobbit, an unexpe- uh, unexpected journey. So, uh, okay. you you keep track, keep score of this. You got two right so far. One uh, two two for one, two two out of three. Two out of three, correct. Um, next one here is uh, Mirbaka. Okay, can you spell it? M Y R B as in boy A C K A. Uh oh. I'm gonna go with IKEA. Correct. It's a thick layer of memory Ooh. foam, uh molds to the contours of your body. It's four hundred and ninety nine dollars for a queen size mattress. Um okay. so right. wow, you're doing pretty good. Um next one here. Is frost fangs? Okay, spell. You're gonna have to spell that one out. F R O S T as in Tom, F A N as in Nancy G S. I think that's IKEA as well. Incorrect. Ah. Frost fangs is a mountain range in Game of Thrones. Uh, the foothills extend to the south of Westeros. However, the majority of the mountain range is north of the wall, and uh, it's actually featured in the episode where Jon Snow goes north of the wall and encounters wildlings. Spoiler alert. Uh, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> A little late on that one, but oh well. <laughs> so <laughs> I have uh, two more here whenever you're ready. Okay. All right, I'm ready. Uh, Holmesboo. That, that's uh, Ikea. Correct. It's a uh, relax on a cooling memory foam with a layer of mini pocket springs to support and cradle your body. Uh, they actually just okay. decreased the price on this to seven hundred ninety nine dollars for a queen from eight hundred ninety nine dollars. Well, there we go. Yep. And uh, one more here. Uh, Helistad. Spell that one. H J E L L S T A D. Ooh. You know what? 
I think this is a misleading one, so I'm going to go with not Ikea. Incorrect. Ah! That is an Ikea mattress. Should have gone with my gut. <laughs> Integrated pillow top with memory foam that molds to your body, followed by double layers of pocket springs that give extra support. $699 ah. for a queen-size mattress. So what's the no, final tally I there? I kind of – so unless I miscounted, I think I got four out of seven. You did miscount because Not I gave bad. you eight. <laughs> Oh, no, you're right. No, I gave you seven. You're right. So, yeah, you passed. Oh. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Well, it's, it's above 50%, so I'll take that. Yeah, so thank you for playing uh, Ikea Mattress or placing Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. All right. Well, now that I've, we've discussed the, how, my knowledge or lack thereof and, and folklore or folklore, good, folklore. fiction, <laughs> f- fiction or Ikea. Uh, Nick, uh, let's go back to one of our other, our daily segment or our weekly segments, fast food news. What okay. do you got for us this week? I actually have, uh, two, uh, one, one really good story of fast food news. One kind of odd. So I'll start with the odd one here and then I'll finish on the good news. So this first one comes to us from Japan, uh, where they brought us also Godzilla and many other things that I just can't think of right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> Godzilla, Godzilla, the biggest contribution, though, everyone. Exactly. And you can't dispute that because it's science, Matthew. <laughs> um, so this is happening at McDonald's in Japan. What people are doing is they are taking hamburgers and pushing the straw of their drink through the... Uh, Pardon the way this sounds. The patty? The, <laughs> the buns in the patty. <laughs> they're, they're pushing it through that and putting oh. it on top of their drink and then drinking through the straw and then nibbling on the burger. So think of like a cup with wow. a burger on top and a straw coming through. Okay? That's just not right. It's not. I don't like it, but it's, it's a thing happening in Japan. Hopefully it doesn't make it to America. Uh, it's called the burger straw, which isn't that creative at all. <laughs> it looks really dumb. It's just... <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, that's they they really didn't put any creativity into that. But there's one guy here. He actually did it through two Big Macs. That's impressive. Which how's this straw going all the way into the cup? Ah, uh, this is photoshopped. This has to be photoshopped. Yeah, but then, <laughs> well, I mean, it could be a really big straw, but yeah, it just seems kind of gross and somewhat unsanitary. Yeah, because every first, the very first sip of your drink is gonna have burger and bun in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and it's yeah, that's disgusting. <laughs> It's it's nasty. I mean, man. What, so what are you gonna do, like when you have to get to the middle of the burger? Because not like you can just shish kebab it. It's like when you get to the like the end of a popsicle and you have to sit there and think: Am I either gonna, am yeah, I gonna exactly. stick this wooden thing all the way down my throat, or am I gonna like <laughs> turn it and eat it like corn on the cob? <laughs> either way, you just don't make eye contact with anyone in, in the general vicinity. But that's true. And another yeah, thing is, sure. imagine because I always like, I. I I drink a lot. I have a drinking problem. No. Um, <laughs> when you go, like, you, <laughs> you always have to get a refill. Like, you're going to have to grab your burger and then lift it yeah. off. And then yeah. yeah, good point. Actually, really good point. Makes no sense. So, that's the odd no, news. I... That's the odd fast food news for the week. <laughs> okay. Um, next one here is uh, the reason that we live in America and why this country is great. Um, you know, are you familiar with Lyft, the taxi cab service? I am. Mm-hmm. So they are now offering a mode uh, in their app called Taco Mode. Uh, and it's 
paired up with Taco Bell. So Taco Bell is launching a new feature to cater to one of the of its more important demographics, drunk customers. Uh, starting <laughs> Thursday, uh, this was published on July 25th, so actually just uh, yesterday, uh, the fast food chain will test a feature that allows Lyft passengers to push a button to have their driver take them to a Taco Bell drive through between 9 p.m. and 2 a.m. Uh, this is going to be <laughs> tested out in Orange County, wow. California from July 27th. Uh, to the 29th, and then August 3rd to the 5th. Uh, then it, ex- it plans to expand the service across the U.S. in 2018. So uh, that's know, pretty amazing. You know, Taco Bell, they're, they're sneaky. Yeah, I mean, you see, you see in the past news that we've given out, uh, you know, you can get bar- married in Taco Bell now. And now they're just, you know, you press a button and you're there through, through an Uber. Or, excuse me, through a Lyft. Through a Lyft, so, yeah. Th- you know... They're slowly invading every aspect of your life. Yeah. Watch out, guys. Taco Bell's taking, taking over. over. You, you heard it here first. Beware of the Taco Bell. Yeah. Watch out. But um, that's that's all I got for uh, fast food news, Matt. So I, I hope you enjoyed it and look forward to the segment next week. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's it's time for me to start pulling my weight here, though. I, I, got, I got a segment for us, too. Oh, it's do you know? A, it's it's kind of new, you know. We kind of introduced it, maybe, maybe I don't know if it was last podcast or the podcast before, but uh, origins of, you know, last time we talked about Marco Polo, and we remember how great uh, my analysis of, you know, the the historical evidence behind that was. I mean, it was. It was <laughs> you you don't have to sell it short. It 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 was a drastic <laughs> failure. Um, so I really hope that this you're we're not going to call it a comeback quite yet, but I hope this week's a little bit better. <laughs> okay. Well, this week we're going to talk about a popular idiom um, called bite. You know, when you bite the bullet on something, right? But man, sometimes we. <laughs> so sometimes you know when you do something that you don't want to do, you're like, oh, that sucks, but I just got to bite the bullet. Okay. So. <clears throat> To bite the bullet, uh, the the origin of it, is to endure a painful or otherwise unpleasant situation that seems unfavorable. The phrase was first recorded by Rudyard Kipling in his 1891 novel, The Light That Failed. Uh, <clears throat> it was suggested by the movie Bite the Bullet that biting the bullet meant to use a shell casing to cover an aching tooth, especially one that had been broken and when a nerve is exposed. In the film, the slug was removed from the bullet, the calf was hit to... Ex- the cap was hit to expend the charge, and the casing was cut down to allow it to sit level with other teeth. Um, it's often stated that it's derived historically from the practice of having a patient clench a bullet in his or her teeth as a way to cope with the extreme pain of surgical procedure without anesthetic. Anis- you know what I'm saying. Anesthetic? <laughs> Anesthesia? No evidence for biting a bullet rather than a leather strap during surgery is sparse. Oh. But... Yeah, it's been speculated to have evolved from the British Empire expression to bite the cartridge, which dates to the Indian Rebellion of 1857. But the phrase chew a bullet with a similar meaning dates to at least 1796. You know, so Matt, I mean, somewhat like somewhat like Marco Polo in the sense that it's not really solidified. It, but I, I mean, think hey, we're going to let the studio audience tell us how they feel about that origins of. OK, so <laughs> guys, what do you think about that origins of? They approve. They like it. Good job, Matt. That was actually I, I actually learned a little bit about that. I wasn't let down at the very end. 
Um, so congrats. <laughs> well, th- thank you. I mean, you know, I try my best not to let people down, but it, occasionally it happens. You know what? You know what they say. Sometimes you got to bite the bullet. But you got to bite the bullet. You yep. see, we're bringing that back full circle. But hey, good job. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much. Well, Nick, I mean, any comments on that? If if not, or, you know, let's wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> I think we're good. I think that we've given as much information as our listeners could probably handle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I do too. Well, as always, this has been another episode of Punkcast Niche. Uh, hey, join us next time. You know, like as as usual, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, Smoke Signal Carrier Pigeon. Uh, yeah, landline phones. My, you know, do what you got to do. Yep. But uh, until next week, have a great one. Yeah, and just before we leave here, I just have uh, one last story. Uh, I went and did yoga the other okay. day, and um, as I was leaving, the yoga instructor said namaste, and I actually was like, no, I, I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, studio audience. It's been a great show. <laughs> On that note, uh, this has been Matt Simino and Nick Hill. And we are signing out.